Hello, this is Rob from successunlocked.com and welcome to the podcast. This week I'm joined by Holly Matthews. Now like me, Holly is from the northeast of England and as a child, not like me, she was an actress in a TV show called Biker Grove, a super popular show here in the UK. And growing up she continued the career of being an actress until something catastrophic happened when at a very young age her husband lost his fight with cancer. Something that would send any of us through a very difficult time. And that changed the trajectory of Holly's entire life and started a path of personal development, where now she is one of the UK's leading trainers and coaches in the world of personal development. And she has an incredible story to share, talking about why happiness is a choice. And it's actually something that you can work towards, even when you've been through a tremendously difficult time. Holly's story is incredibly inspiring, and so is her message. And I know that you are going to get a lot of out of this episode. Now, just before we go and talk to Holly, I'm a big believer in the power of positive thinking. I think that one positive thought can change the outlook of your entire day, your week, or your month. So that's why I've put together a free workbook for you containing 50 of the most powerful positive thoughts and affirmations that I've ever come across that you can use in your life to begin to reprogram your mind to think in a more positive way, both about yourself, your behavior, your actions, and your reactions to the world around you. I've put it on the resources page on my website. So if you want to grab it, just head over to successunlocked.com forward slash resources, and you'll be able to go ahead and download it. Now, as you're listening to this episode, make sure you snap a screenshot either on your phone or your computer or your tablet, whatever it is that you are listening to this episode on. Snap a screenshot and then share it on Instagram. Make sure you tag me at success.unlocked, or if you put it on Facebook, you'll be able to tag me there. You can even tweet it or put it wherever you like. Stick it on social media and share with us your big takeaway from this episode. I know you are going to love it. So without further ado, let's speak to Holly. This is Success Unlocked, where we uncover what it really takes to become the happiest, most confident, motivated, and truly fulfilled version of yourself with advice and inspiration to create your own extraordinary life. Whatever success means to you, it's waiting just around the corner. Well, hey, Holly, welcome to the podcast. How's it going? I'm really good, thank you. And how are you? Very well. Delighted that you're here and uh, really excited to dive into this. Now, before we get into the main topic of this, which is all, really all about happiness, one of your big focuses in life, uh, I've got a big open yes. question for you. See, success isn't really, it's not really a defined standard it means different things to different people. And so for some people, it's about having a big house and loads of money. For some people, it's about something totally different. So I'm curious to know, what does success really mean for you? Okay, so firstly, my favorite success quote is by Bob Dylan. And it is, a man is successful when he wakes up in the morning and he goes to bed at night and in between he does what he likes. And I always go back to that. And I know that's not a specific one, so I will give you my specific but I always think about that quote because I think no matter what you're doing in your life, it reminds you that success doesn't have to be defined by what's on Instagram and what some hashtag boss in it or something is saying. Like, it doesn't have to be that. So for me personally, um, success is uh, feeling connected and, um, you know, having being connected to family and friends and that kind of thing. But from a work point of view, it is my successful, I will feel 
truly successful, although I do now as well, I feel like you have to be successful on the journey. Um, I would like to be the go-to self-development person in the UK and then the world start and work out and basically be the Geordie Oprah. That's pretty much what I want to be. TV show, books, workshops, events, speaking around the world. That to me would be me at the pinnacle of my success. However, I feel successful now. It's kind of just scaling everything up. I think it's really key that you find success and happiness in every day on the quest to the big thing. Cause otherwise, For sure. otherwise, yeah. otherwise what's the point? You miss it all, don't you? So it's about, it's about noticing the journey as you go. Um, something you probably tend not to do when you're younger. I didn't used to do that. I'm 35 now and lived a lot. And so now I recognize actually the things that we'll think about on our deathbeds are the really small things in your life it won't be the awards and the the big stuff and the time you got that amazing job and the money and it's not that stuff the stuff that matters when it comes down to life and death stuff is the tiny moment that you had with somebody so i guess it's noticing those things on the way having aspirations to do the things that you want to do and see the things that you want to see but appreciating the journey and your lessons on the way too That makes a lot of sense. Now, I'm really interested. You have quite a story to tell. So I want you to take us back and tell us how did you get into this world of self-development? Because it all comes from your story, right? Yeah, sure. And um, so my background is TV acting. I started as an actor just when I was 11 years old in a TV show in the Northeast called Biker Grove, which was a kid's TV show. And um, I did that for seven years. So all of my grown up was on television. Now being on television, that brings with it its own challenges from a mental health point of view. You know, suddenly you go to a normal school, none of the cast in Biker Grove were were from drama schools and plucked out of somewhere, you know, elite. We were normal kids in working class schools in Newcastle. And suddenly we were given this platform in a time where nobody had a platform. We, at at the, the height of my time in Biker Grove, there was millions of views on the TV show every week. And, you know, people had four, five channels if you were lucky. No one really had Sky TV unless they were really well off. And, um, you know, there wasn't the access to the internet that we have now. So all eyes were on. And growing up, you know, through your teenage years, it's the most awkward time probably of most people's lives. Having that be put in the public eye brought with it a lot of stuff for me, certainly from a um, a body image type of place. I felt really awkward. And, you know, you've got a makeup artist correcting your face every day. And I can remember, and I don't really, I mean, my dad was a welder. My mom worked in a bank. So I didn't come from, um, you know, people who were doing self-development. They were, they were always, um, I was lucky that I had a family that were very supportive of everything that I did. And they're very open-minded liberal people, but they, you know, they weren't meditating in the house or anything. But I knew, and I I can't explain why, and I've talked to my parents about it, I've talked to other people that are similar to me and said, you know, did, how did you start doing self-development in the Northeast in, in like working class areas? It just wasn't, it wasn't a thing we talked about. No one talked about mental health stuff, but I instinctively knew I didn't want to feel rubbish. And I felt really rubbish. I didn't like myself. The way I was speaking to myself in my head was bad. And so I remember the day that I, and I'm not going to swear because I'm not sure I'm allowed to swear on here, but I got tired of my own BS, right? I got tired of my own nonsense. And um, I remember, I remember feeling I'm so exhausted of how mean I'm being to myself. I could have given you a list a mile long of all the surgeries that I thought I needed to make myself look better. I thought if I left the house, people would be just repulsed by the way that I looked. And so 
early on, I decided that I wanted to not feel like that. And I started to practice self-development. I didn't know it had a name, but I was meditating. I kind of knew meditation was a thing, but I, I was winging the idea of what that was. And I was doing things like writing down all my negative thoughts and um, ripping them up and setting fire to them. In fact, there was an incident in my house where I, um, I had a metal ball in my, in my house and I put it on the carpet and I was trying, you know, going through this like woo hippie phase of like, I'm going to burn my negative thoughts, popping them in this bowl, setting fire to them in the bedroom. A, a small fire ensued. I put it out. It was all fine. There was not a bigger fire, but when I tried to pull the bowl off the carpet, it had just melted to the whole <laughs> of the carpet. I was like, <gasps> so like 14 year old me had to go and admit that I'd been burning my negative thoughts. And my mom and dad were just like, you're an absolute weird hippie. What are you doing up there? But all of the stuff I was doing, I, I started to do things like affirmations. So I now know their affirmations, but I just, I was trying to find positive sentences to change the way that I was thinking and talking about myself in my head. So self-development was something I can't explain other than it was an instinctive way for me to find um, a resilience and an understanding and a way to get through feeling rubbish. So it came from a very natural place and it was just something I always did for years. And being on television, I was, you know, I went on to continue doing TV and signed to Sony for a time and, and was working in the world of, of entertainment industry. And that world is very fickle. You know, you're working, then you're not, you're rejected more than you're not. And so you have to learn to be soft enough and open enough to be able to be an actor and be emotional enough to have your, your emotions at the surface, but hard enough and resilient enough that you can get through that. And so I, again, was always reading books on self-development, doing workshops. I was always in the background doing that, but for me, so that I didn't lose my mind. And then what happened with me is first I became a mom. I've got two daughters now. And again, your world shifts when you become a parent and you start to consider what's important, what's not, where you want to be in your life. And then in 2014, my husband, Ross, was diagnosed with grade four brain cancer. And in 2017, Ross died of brain cancer. Now, for your listeners and for your viewers, I... I can say that quite those words quite easily the and and it's because I've said it not because the feeling is I'm disassociated from it or detached from it just because I've said the words now for the last two and a half years um and I just say that because I know when I say it flippantly it's like a, it's like dropping a bomb on a room when you announce that your husband died of brain cancer but that was for me when he was diagnosed initially I remember the moment when I came home from the hospital and I was on my own and I had this clarity of thought where I had no idea why I ever wanted to be an actor or why I ever, I just had no idea why any of that interested me. It just didn't seem important at all in like in a moment's flash, it suddenly didn't matter. And what I found because in that time I was sharing with those around me and people around me that um, I was showing them ideas and sharing things that I was doing to be happy regardless of what was happening and to find some sense of meaning and control in that time. I found that people naturally gravitated towards me and I transitioned into the world of self-development 
in a very natural way. And I often still get asked a lot, especially in magazines. And, you know, when I do interviews for TV, they'll often say, so what, you know, you were an actor and now you do self-development. It seems for some reason, they seem to think it's really like distant. I think it's absolutely the same thing because as an actor, my job was to learn about a person get into their mindset, walk around in their shoes for a bit and pretend to be them. The difference as a coach is that I learn about people. I learn about how our minds work. I no longer imitate what they do, but I try to find ways to help people through it. So it's actually been a very organic process for me and probably something I was always kind of going to go into. I don't know how else to explain it, but that is, you know, lots of stuff has happened in my life that has take has meant that that self-development side just became more important to me and was just a, a more important transition for me. That makes a lot of sense. And I think most people who come into the world of personal development, either as a coach or a student, are always coming from something that's happened for them, to yeah. them, around them, because of them, or something along those lines. So sure. let's talk about your passion for helping people become happier. A lot mm. of people do believe that they're either a happy person, they're not a happy person. They look at other people and think, well, that's a happy person. I'm not a happy person. Yeah. Do you think, ha- and, and I've always said that happiness is a choice. You can choose to be happy. And yeah. people tend to poo-poo that as an idea. What's your well, opinion? People get triggered massively by that. I think people get very triggered by that. And I've, right. I've done a lot of events where I've spoken events and I've talked about that. Now, let's just caveat by, by saying, one, we are not talking about mental illness being a choice because mental illness is a different thing to the everyday man and woman's stress and depression and things like that. And there is an absolute need for diagnosis of stress and depression and those things. And often the main reason is one that people realize people can talk to friends and family and say, there's actually something serious happening for me here. And I have no issue with those labels. My only issue is if you attach yourself to that label. So if you attach yourself to I am depressed, and that's a really stuck place to be. If you say I'm experiencing some depression, that's a different space. It doesn't minimize the pain you're in in that moment because you're in pain. Like that doesn't minimize that. But what it allows you to try and do is to move through it. So for me, when we say happiness is a choice, I say in a space of absolute reality, I choose to be happy every day. And some days that's a really hard choice. Some days it takes a lot of um, strength to be happy and to make decisions and take actions that walk me towards that. It is, you know, I described it at, at something recently as happiness is a verb. It's a doing word. Happiness is something you have to do. It's not a, it's not a passive thing. You, you don't just catch happiness. I mean, yes, there's optimistic people and there's not, and there is a certain, um, there's a certain set point that we have and that we kind of can't help. There is scientists will say there is a certain point, but there's a huge chunk that we control and we decide. Now I'm a big believer in, look, you get what you're given in terms of health, where you're born, which family you're born into, what your set point is of happiness. After that, it's down to us to make those decisions. We can't change that. So there's no point dwelling on it. We have to move forward. So I'm with you 100%. There is always stuff we can do. And I'm a realist, like I'm an optimistic realist. I will look the tiger in the eye. I will have tears streaming down my face and I'll still find ways to be happy because they're not separate. They don't have to be. You know, you can be, as somebody who who's grieving and who has been grieving, you can have grief and you can have happiness sat side by side. They're not, they don't have to sit away from each other. They're not separate things. And I think that's hard for people to get their head around sometimes. 
That's interesting. There's a film, and I can't remember what it's called, where there's a married couple and one of them has an accident and then forget, lo- loses all memory and then can't remember her husband for the rest of time. And they have to, have, they have to re-fall in love every day. It's a, te- it's a terrible oh, rom-com. I'm trying to think yes, what it is. Yes, isn't it um, Drew Barrymore and yes. um, 51st Dates? Yes, Sandler. we watched it recently. Yes, cracking film. So, yeah. soppy rom-com. And I think there's an interesting thing here about the idea that you said there's a bunch of stuff that you do every day to wake up and take activity, take actions and take mental processes to feel happier. I'm interested to yeah. see, it feels like it's a little bit like that every day, waking up from a, from a certain point and then going through the same motions in order to get mm-hmm. yourself to where you need to be. What is your daily happiness regime, I suppose? What, what's your- yeah. So I, I do meditate and I know that, and those of you, so there'll be some listeners that will have just internally rolled their eyes or I'll just out loud, just roll their eyes fully. Um, because I think that people get mis mixed up with what meditation has to be. And I'm a big believer in what I've kind of coined as urban meditation in that, it, you know, we live often in city places, you've got dogs barking and police sirens and all sorts going off. And so I think the idea of meditation, we think we've got to sit in the hills somewhere and chant over crystals and and it doesn't need to be that. Like when I talk about urban meditation, I'm talking about learning to meditate and zone out in a short space of time. I mean, I do a 10 minute meditation, usually in the morning, sometimes at night, and that just gives me a bit of brain space. And there's loads of, in fact, I've just released actually some night meditations that your listeners can can get. And there's there's all, I mean, there's loads on YouTube anyway and in Spotify and all those places. So, um, there's loads of guided meditations, but I, I really think it's a good space to start. And I remember when, when I first tried meditation and being like, what is like, what is this? And I remember a teacher saying to me, it was actually a, a Buddhist monk who was also, um, a physicist and a German physicist as well. Like it just like a real like mix of what you would imagine. And I was in this class and, and I remember him saying that even if you get if you do a 10 minute meditation, you get 30 seconds of switch off where your brain has got space to breathe and think, then, then that's 30 seconds you didn't have before. And so I really try to practice that. I don't always do it every day. And if I don't, if I don't do it, what I try to do, and your listeners can do this is not make a big deal out of it. I just take 10 breaths, 10 full breaths. And I just check in with myself, where am I at today? And I'll often ask myself, like, what is my, if one's a rubbish day and I'm feeling really rubbish at the start of the day and 10's amazing, what number am I at today? And just actually tuning into how you're feeling is a really important part of shifting things. So then, so yeah, morning, morning routine is really important. I need a cup of tea. I'm so British. I need a cup of tea. I need to just tune in with myself. I like a, a long getting ready in the morning just because I need to work out where I'm at emotionally, plan my day. I have to plan things because my natural state is, is that of a creative who like darts around from one thought to the next. So I need to plan and I practice gratitude every day, which is another thing you're going to hear every self-development person in the world talk about. And it's not because we're clones or idiots. And I know just like happiness, when someone tells you to feel grateful, when you're in a rubbish place, you want to slap them. But I'm telling you now, when I was in the hospice, when my husband was dying, I felt grateful. That's the worst point in my life. And I can say, I sat there going, and I forced myself to do it. I feel grateful that I'm in this hospice. I feel grateful that we had our time together. I feel grateful for the support, for the nurses, for the family, for the fact we have kids. And I focused on that. And that was the choice. 
I focus on my dying husband in the bed and I look at that and feel all of the, all of that pain at once, or I focus on what I, what I have got and what is left and what we've had. And so every day I practice that. So I tend to do it when I'm brushing my teeth because you can't really do anything else, right? You brush your teeth. So I do lunges or squats, um, look like a lunatic and I brush my teeth and in my head, I just run through what I feel grateful for. Because the thing is, especially in the morning, it's a time when we could very easily slip into, oh, I've got to do the dishes and the ironing. At the minute we're in lockdown. I don't know when this is going to go out, but we're in lockdown. So I'm thinking I've got to do the homeschooling with the kids and I've got to to run my business as well as all this. And, you know, you could very easily slip into not feeling grateful about life. And then that doesn't make you feel good. So I do it early on in the morning, brush my teeth, feel grateful we'll often do as a family we do affirmations so I get my kids to do affirmations where they shout out a positive sentence of something that they feel they need so as a busy parent one of my favorite affirmations is I am calm and considered because I often do not feel calm and considered so I'm trying to teach my brain that that's the space I want to be in so we do those in the morning as well so morning and evening routines are really important for me and even though I've spent my whole life going against the grain and doing things, you know, different to everybody else, I actually realize now that structure is actually very important to me and creating habits and positive habits is actually very, very important. That's great. Have you found that this is something that sort of has gotten easier? So for example, if you were if somebody was training to be a strong man or woman, going out for the first day to lift a car above their head is going to be very yeah. difficult. But if you start with a couple of kilograms and then a few more, eventually that works up. Work up. Is this is this a muscle? Does it does it train like that? Yeah, I think so. So and and we always say that the habits that we create every day, when we're in times of trauma or difficulty and um we revert straight back to our habits that we've created. So that's why it's really important to practice this stuff. And it is, you know, we talk about meditation being a meditation practice. All of this is, and often when people come to my workshops or events, or they do one of my online courses, I'm really conscious to say to them, look, this is going to feel like a lot of stuff to start with. If you've never done this before, give yourself a break. You didn't lose at self-development because you didn't meditate for a day Just start fresh and try better, you know, try better the next day and see, you know, see what you can do that is taking you closer to the life that you want to live. It's, it's about daily choices, but the more that you do it, you know, I don't think about that stuff. It's now in what we call an anchor. Um, so every time I brush my teeth, I naturally now think about the things I feel grateful for because I've done it for a long time. I remember years ago, somebody saying to me in an, for anchors and things like that, some, I think it was a personal trainer said to me, every time you walk through a door, breathe in. And even now I still think about like just clenching my stomach muscles and it's creating those habits with our mindset. If every time you have your cup of tea in the morning or your cup of coffee, you think to yourself, you tune in and you go, how am I feeling today? Physically, mentally, where am I at? And that's what we call mindfulness. That's you practicing being in the present moment. How, where am I at? Because when you ask yourself that question, then you can go, okay, can I do anything about the thing I'm worried about or anxious about or whatever? If the answer is yes, then go and do it. Five, uh, there's a book called uh, The Five Second Rule from by Mel Robbins. I don't know if you know of it. Yep. Very popular book. And it, the essential, essentially, without you know making the whole book condensed into one sentence, it's about getting out of your head. And she, Mel Robbins, will say five, four, three, two, one when she needs to do something. Five, four, three, two, one. Then you go and do it. And so, if you can do something, five, four, three, two, one, and go and do it. If you can't, then it's about acceptance. 
I can't, if I wake up and I feel that I'm in a space of grief and I'm thinking about the death of my husband or the, you know, the fact that I've been pushed into single parenthood that I didn't ask for, if that makes me feel frustrated when I tune in and I'm having my cup of tea in the morning, then I need to go, okay, well, I can't change the fact that that has happened. So that's not in a space of me taking action to change it because I can't. So I have to go into a space of acceptance, whatever that looks like for me, whether that's me using meditation or whatever else it takes in that day. But I absolutely think it's about habits and creating those. So when your listeners, if they're new to this, if they start doing it, it might feel like a lot of new stuff to do. So that's why you've got to be kind to yourself while you're learning and making it a process and enjoy it. And, you know, when I'm talking about this stuff, I always think you've got, you just got to learn lots of tools to pull out and use as and when you need them. But when you've got them there, then you've got them to use. Whereas if you've never done this stuff before in times of difficulty, trying to do it then becomes a little more challenging. I love it. And I think here in this episode, we've ended up with a bunch of stuff. We've ended up with inspiration that anybody can really choose to take the actions that make them happy. We've chose, we sort of talked about the ingredients of happiness, I suppose, and how you push yourself in that right direction. So for somebody who's listening to this and thinks, do you know what? I want to give this a go. I do feel like I get myself down in the dumps sometimes, and I think I can turn that around. What's the first sort of step for somebody to take something out of what you've said and go and action it? Where do they begin? Okay, well, I've got a ton of resources. So from free to paid. Um, so my YouTube channel, Holly Matthews Online, has got years of stuff on there. The older stuff, you will laugh. The quality will be horrendous, but the message will be still as good. So there's loads of stuff on there. Also, I have the Happy Me Project. It's my self-development online programs, normally in person as well. And my brand ethos is self-development doesn't have to be fancy. It really doesn't. It doesn't have to be for those people you see on telly that chant in the woods and sage the house. It doesn't just have to be for those guys. They've got it down. They know what they're doing. My brand is about making it as simple and and basic as possible so we can all access it. So the Happy Me Project, I've got some online courses. The Happy Me One is 21 days of self-development. It's 30 quid. I kept it at that price so that everyone can grab it. And that is your, you know, that's a real fundamentals. That's the stuff I do every day. And I put that course together a few months after my husband's death because everyone was asking me how I was coping and, and I wanted to give them something and go, this, this is what I do. This is my habit. So that's there. The happy me too is about self-belief and confidence. So if you need more confidence and the belief in yourself, that's a bigger course that's available. And I'm also live every weekday in my happy me project, Facebook group, which your listeners welcome to join. It's a private space because I found that when people, when I was doing lives just in the open, people didn't feel as free to share some of their stories. Whereas now we've got a really supportive community of about people in there not everyone talks some people just listen but I'm there every weekday and we talk about everything self-development and that's free obviously people can work with me one-on-one as a coach and um, that's we work on everything that they they want to work on from business to confidence to you know self-development in every in all its forms so there's lots and lots of stuff out there um from me that can really help people to just understand what self-development is all about. And I'm also quite an accessible person. So I will talk to people and I always try to message people where I can. Sounds amazing. We'll put the links to all of that in the show notes, which listeners you can find over at successunlock.com forward slash choice, C-H-O-I-C-E forward slash choice. Now, Holly, before I let you go, I've got one final question for you. And that is big open one to put you on the spot. What is the best piece of personal development advice you've received from somebody else? And who was that person? Oh my gosh, this is big. Um, 
Do you know, one of the ones I always, well, one of the things I think about is not, it's actually, I think it might be a Wayne Dyer quote rather than somebody giving it to me, but I think about it probably daily. And it's the quote, if you keep doing what you've always done, you'll keep getting what you've always got. And I think about that constantly because when I feel like I'm, and then your listeners will get this as well. When you have those times in your life, when you feel like you're banging your head against the wall and nothing's changing, you realize that you have to change. You have to do something. And so I remind myself of that constantly. If you keep doing what you've always done, you'll keep getting what you've always got. So what can you change? If the world got crazy around you, you can't create, you can't necessarily control any of that. You probably can't. So what can I do within myself? What can I learn? What can I change? Can I get back to basics and do, you know, sleep more and drink lots of water and eat well? What can I do for myself? So that would be my best piece of advice for your listeners. Amazing. And again, if you want to find out more about Holly and links to all of her stuff, it's all in the show notes at successunlock.com forward slash choice. Holly, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to join us. This has been wicked. Another amazing episode. Thank you so much to Holly for coming and sharing her message on here. I think her story is just so inspiring to go through such a difficult time and emerge out of it the way that she has and actually now use that as a springboard to help more people through the difficult times that they may be facing. Again, if you want to find out more about Holly or if you want to check out the notes from this episode, just head over to successunlock.com forward slash choice. Now listen, whilst you are listening to the episode, I would love to ask you, um, massive favor. I'd love to get a review and a rating for this podcast. So go to your favorite podcast player. It could be Apple or Google or Stitcher or wherever it is that you're listening to this. And go ahead and leave a little rating and a review. It really helps to spread the word and tell more people about this podcast. As ever, we'll be back same time, same place next week. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast as well so that you'll be among the first to know whenever the new episodes go live. This is Rob from Success Unlocked. I'll see you next week. You've been listening to Success Unlocked. Don't forget to stop by at successunlocked.com for full notes and resources from this and every other episode. Then subscribe so that you don't miss out on anything.